Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. You can uh, come on over and yell at me like everyone else this week. You can also head on over to Couchside Judges. That's our at on Twitter. And if you like this show, you can give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com to read the scoring criteria. And really, I think everybody should be reading the scoring criteria before we're going to be talking authoritatively about scoring yes. of the fights, right? Of course. Yeah, which you know, we've done for, obviously. This was, this was a weird weekend for me because, unfortunately... Got a little busy at work around deadline time on Friday night while Bellator's going on. Yeah. And, you know, there's this there's this fight, this this championship fight. I was looking forward to really watching, but I'd uh, you know, kind of buckled down with some other work, unfortunately. Didn't get to watch live. Sure enough, it ends up being this crazy thing everyone's going crazy about with the judging, right? Yes. And I'm thinking, okay, that's enough. We've got our show. We'll definitely lead off with that next week. You know, we got the pay-per-view the next day with UFC, and we'll lead with that on Monday. I'm going to a wedding the next day, Saturday. I've got, you know, my my wife's cousin. Got married. Congratulations to the Schmitz. Great time. A lot of fun. Followed along with the UFC, and I'm like, wow, finish, 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 finish. I'm not going to have any drowns to talk about here. This is easy. <laughs> Wasn't the some, case. We've got some more. We've got some stuff to talk about. We, we do. We <laughs> do. A I, I mean, bit of stuff. I'm glad your wife's cousin got married. I mean, I could have used my guy a little bit. In the trenches. Oh yeah, you but, were on uh, your own, sir. Yeah, I, mean, I saw that because in and and of course the one of the main fights that we're going to be talking about here, Patty Pimlet getting the win over Jared Gordon. I saw those media scores. Everyone's showing the the screenshot of all the media scores: twenty nine twenty eights for Gordon, thirty twenty sevens for Gordon. And there's that guy at the top <laughs> who gave a twenty nine twenty eight for Patty Pimlet. And I'm like, oh, I know that guy. It's Dan Irvin. Yeah. That's my guy. That's me. I'm the couch side judges. That's me. And I stand by that score. Now, rem- remind me again. How much did Patty pay you to uh, to, to get that score in? Or was it the oh, other way yes. around? You no, paid for him. I paid Patty for interview time. That's right. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Which interview did you do that for? Where, where is the interview? Can we, where can we listen to that? It's a private interview. It's a private interview. Yeah. He said I couldn't post it anywhere. When you say it's but I had private, do you mean that he actually wasn't there? Yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Just confirming. Uh, we don't need to go deep into that one. but <laughs> No, I mean, of course, the one night of the year... Where, like, I'm just not watching the fights because I've got something else to do. Ends up being one of the craziest nights in terms of stuff that we would talk about for our show. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yep. This this We've been doing this show almost three full years now. And I, I feel like I'm not going out on a limb when I say this. The three main fights we're going to be talking about here. And we'll talk we'll talk about the the other rounds in UFC as well. But the between Bellator and UFC this weekend. I think these are like this is like the most jam packed show yeah. that we have in terms of crazy judging fights that people got yes. all up in arms about. Really, and I mean, and mostly the pimple fight just because it's it was so high profile. If this was like early in the prelims, I don't think the people are not up in arms. Really, I don't so, know. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I'm this, saying if it wasn't Patty Pimble, I'm saying if it was just, if it was not Patty Pimble, people wouldn't have as strong reactions. What you're saying? Yeah, I'm say say this was nah, the Cameron Simon versus Stephen. Uh, that we'll talk about a little bit later. I don't sure. Think I mean, if it's the that. opening prelim yeah. with a couple of six and zero guys, yeah, sure. But like, I don't know. I feel like there's there's enough here. I mean, granted, Patty is is a lightning rod, right? I get that. But I don't know. I I feel like this is just a fight that ended up going kind of a strange way, and 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 we'll 
we should lead with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's. I mean, we're gonna get into contested rounds right now. Usually, we would talk about some of the other coming away from from the UFC of the weekend or Bellator or whatever, you know what have you or both. Um, we're gonna stick straight to judging. I think that's what everybody wants to to hear from us in this particular case. Is it's just too in demand. So let's get to let's get to contested rounds. And and just this fight, we're gonna do all the rounds, even though round two was not contested. We are. I think the there's experts, just so. too much. Yeah, there's just too much um interest. I think from from people talking about all the rounds here uh that i think we just we ought to go into all three yeah yeah we're not going to do that with any of the other fights um from the weekend either including the title fights uh the big title fights that we'll be talking about a little bit let's yeah let's lead with ufc 282's uh patty pimlet again he got the win three twenty nine twenty eights, but they're deceptive in the sense that not all cards are the same right right uh, we have one judge who gave rounds one and three different from his peers. So this is why we're actually talking about this round, this fight at all from a contested round standpoint. But again, we will talk about round two, which was not a technically contested round on the judges card. Everybody had the same way. Let's load up. Let's go to round one, Dan. What set it up? What happened here? Yeah. Uh, first 45 seconds. Patty's doing well. He lands a good kick to the body that back scored into the fence. He lands some combos. Granted, he's catching some leather, but still, they're pretty decent shots. I mean, Honestly, I think he's catching quite a bit more leather here. I do. Uh, he lands a leg kick. Uh, then then this is where Gordon finds his first left hook, and it's good, but you know, Patty eats it. Uh, it's then he lands the second left hook, and Patty backs up. He's like, okay, that was pretty good. That one clearly had more effect. Yeah, yeah he, he's retreating a bit. Just to, uh, He has to reset. Throughout the round, I think both guys are landing some decent leg kicks. Uh, on each other. Gordon is doing well. He's stinging his lefts upstairs. Couple rights are pretty solid there. Definitely the cleaner shots of the round. Uh, Patty is catching a fair amount of leather on his shots, like like we mentioned. Uh, and then the weird thing happens where it looks like it could be a slip, but it could also maybe be a, you know a solid shot that Patty uh, Pimblet lands with a with a left hand because Gordon gives this weird reaction, like he kind of stumbles. We have a bad view of it. It's a super bad view. There's not a real great angle because there. It's just whatever it is with the, with the kind of the angle there. We don't see exactly what strike it is or non-strike. And also, Gordon's kind of like he's off to the where the cage is. So there's a little bit of that, and and also at the bottom of the screen to a degree too. So we just don't yeah. see his entire body there. Right. It's like it's like he before they the director could switch the camera view. Sure. It happens. Um, so who knows what, what the cage side, uh, judges had for that, for that moment. sequence. Yeah. So they, they would have had, in theory, some of them would have had a better view than we had, mm -hmm. uh, with our, with the screen. Yeah. So the fight does end up on the ground in that final minute. Patty's fighting it off with a wizard and, uh, Gordon does end up on top and he, he lands some decent punches here from guard. Yeah. Yeah. From Top and inside Patty's guard. Uh, but, you know, Pimblet lands an elbow that nicks Gordon's forehead. He's got a small cut after it. But I, I do like Gordon this round. I think it's competitive. I'm not all that sure how close, though. I, I really do think 10-9 Gordon's the score here from the couch. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking that it's a competitive round, too. That's the word I, I chose to use mm -hmm. when I was talking about the round. And, and granted, you watch this live. I I didn't even watch it live. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, as we went over... I'm at a wedding. I'm like following <laughs> along with this fight along the way. I'm like kind of keeping an eye on it. My brother-in-law had uh, had bet on the fight. He was he's a big he's a big Patty Pimla guy. Um, 
I'll I'll keep my biases out of this one, but to let's just let's just say that I'm watching this and and I'm following along and I'm understanding. Okay, Jared Gordon had a good round, but when I watched it myself, I'm like, okay, I'm seeing some real good success from Jared Gordon here. I gave the round to Gordon, and yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think it's a it's a good round for him. I don't think mm-hmm. it's like a it's like it's not like a lock solid rock solid round, you know. But it's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, both guys have offense, but I I'm pretty sure Gordon. Came out of that round feeling pretty good. He he was back and patty up, landing some lefts and rights that that were kind of shifting the head uh, off offline. So absolutely, I, I, you just didn't see that type of thing happening. The, those type of reactions, those type of you know, I guess effects. I think it would be the word to use. Mm-hmm. You don't see that type of effect from what Patty Pym was doing because again, Jared Gordon is doing really well defensively. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a good. You round. don't score I, defense, but it, it's his own reward. I mean, it prevents a right, lot of the stuff that I right. think Patty's trying to throw at him, and it allowed him to score with his own. See, so yeah, I I feel like this I, again. It really comes down to that that one sequence we mentioned. That that little like, is it a slip? Is it a strike landed? How do the judges sitting there see that? It it, it can it can almost like turn the round. You know, from either a, you know, what we're seeing is like a pretty good Jared Gordon round to is it a really close round that could go either way. So I think because we don't know, we have to assume sitting at home that, that we saw what we saw, which to me, it looked more like a slip. I, I thought we saw a slip. So that's why I'm going 10-9 for Jared Gordon. And I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on, on Jared Gordon, which let me bring let me break down this real quick. I wish. MMA decisions gave round by round for the media scores because I think that's kind of the problem why I got dragged so badly. I mean, it could be, you yeah. know, but I mean, who knows? But I, I think it would be that's why when I tweet my scores, I'll add like an accompanying tweet that'll say like, OK, I gave round one here, yeah. round two here, just because I do want people to be able to see accountably like, hey, how the heck did you get there? If they're curious, um, I don't know how many people do look. I don't know how many people care, but I do it anyway. I don't know. I just I feel the need to be accountable for for my opinions. You maybe know, I'll for, start doing I that, but doing then, that. then I won't get into enough Twitter abuse. Or maybe you'll get into more. That'd be you might cool. be opening that it up to, hey, be. look at it that way, sir. Um, but yeah, so the, that actually was the minority score here to give this one to Gordon because judges Doug Crosby, uh, a name you'll be hearing quite a bit on this show, uh, and Ron McCarthy, they scored this one for Pimlet. It was Chris Lee. Who scored this one for Gordon? And and once again, like I feel like you have to keep in mind that maybe the judges have different angles at certain things than we do, and that and that's kind of how we could get there. Mm-hmm. I don't go crazy on this round because I can see why it, it doesn't get scored for Gordon, but I think given the information we have watching at home, this is this is a Gordon round. So I'm with Chris yeah. Lee, and I'm with who, you. Who knows what their their angle was? And what does that mean if if we see it as the as the out judge here, Chris Lee? Couch side over. <laughs> Chris Lee's uh, little prize will be in the mail for getting his couch out override. <laughs> As always, the, the prizes are in the mail. They never seem to arrive, though. That's the weird thing. They, they never do. They never do. I've never heard of anyone being like, yeah, we got it. Thanks. What are we even sending? I honestly like, what, have what no is idea. the couch side override? Is it just a piece of paper that says couch side override on it? <laughs> just a piece of loose leaf written in you know, pencil. Yeah. Not even pen. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what it is. I mean, that's definitely what it is. That's definitely what it is. Right. Round, round two. And once again, I want to remind everybody. All three judges had this as a pimblet round. We will even just give that away, right? Yes. But what happens in this round? Because I, people are talking about this round. I do think it's a close round. I think it's really close. I think both guys have good success. I think pimblet lands a nice head kick. It's partially blocked, but still think there's some immediate impact there as Gordon kind of freezes slightly, and then he comes forward, uh, which he does a lot this round. He's going forward. He's landing some nice strikes. Pimblet's responding with some of his own. 
they end up on the cage, and Patty attacks this weird head and arm with a rear naked grip. To me, it seemed decently tight. I didn't necessarily think it would get Gordon to tap. I didn't see it the but, same way as you, to be fair. I didn't I didn't think it was nearly but as effective. I did think it was a good offensive attack. It's better than nothing, for sure. Like Because but... you see Gordon's head is kind of like, you know, kind of crinked to the side. So I was like, oh, he's, you know, he's definitely manipulating that pretty solid there. He's got a good squeeze. I Honestly, I didn't think he was going to tap from that, though. No, not at uh, all. And that's why I don't really so, give it maybe that high of a, a you know an assessment to it. But it's, it's an yeah. attack, sure. Uh, against the fence, though, Gordon is just kind of holding Pimblet there while Pimblet throws knees and some punches. Gordon is throwing Storley knees to the legs. There's not much behind him. Storley knees, to to be clear, yeah. are what what you've come to refer to as these yeah. little knees that don't really do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of keep busy knees. It's it's when they separate and start letting it fly that Gordon does land solid shots here. He's also eating a couple. But I, I do think he's landing some some good ones as soon as they retreat, and, and Patty's still against the fence. Uh, later in the round, Pimbit lands a big right that does get a lot of glove, but it also sets Gordon in retreat mode. He he, I feel he landed enough face here where Gordon was like, kind of like, oh, all right. Uh, just because the shot isn't clean doesn't mean it's not effective. Uh, I think it's a really close round. Gordon's nose is, is kind of bleeding after that shot a little bit. Uh, I think both guys... Land some good offense. I just think Pimblet edges it. I think he's just a tad bit more effective with his offense. It is such a close round. This is like an incredibly close round, and and I feel like if if people wanted to sit there and say, "Oh, this is a swing round," I guess I can kind of get that because it's really really close, right? The judges, all three, once again, had this one for Patty Pimblet, but I also feel like this is one of those rounds that you could add another three effective judges, right? Like, in, in, I would say experienced judges, right? Mm-hmm. Add them in there, and there's like a decent chance that they could all end up the other way too. Very possible. It's just sometimes the way it works out. Like there's, we have a very, very, very close round. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm interpreting it. The judges themselves, maybe they feel differently. There, there are judges they're, out there who might say, you know what, there's this reason, there's this reason why we gave it that way. And they're cage side. For me, yes, they're cage side. They have a different view. They have different input. Uh, they're not watching it a day later like me, uh, <laughs> you know. But I think in, in this particular case, for me, it's that end of the round, like last minute-ish, you know, a little less than the last minute, I guess, where I think Patty kind of takes the round over for me. And I think I would have given it to Jared uh, Gordon for most of the work, but it, I think it does flip a little bit near the end. That's just kind of how I saw it. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, or? no, it does, it does make yeah. sense. I, I thought Patty finished pretty strong Yeah, in a in a really close round. Hyper close. So, and, and I don't even have a problem with anybody who went against the judges here and saw it, saw it as a as a Gordon round. I happen to see it as a pimple round, but man, hyper close, <laughs> hyper close. Yes. I can, I get it either way. Round three, though, this is actually split again. So yes. let let's get into it. So I mean, it's a low output round. We we know what that means. Super low output. So it, you know, you don't give the judges enough to score. It's definitely going to make it very tough to to yeah. ensure that the round is yours. I mean, it's a boring round. This is not a fifty k fight of the night round. This is uh. So this particular round. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Pimblet lands two leg kicks before Gordon gets a clinch against the fence, drags him down, and they play the old hands on the mat game for a little while so I don't get kneed in the face. And while he's there, Gordon's just kind of holding him there. No, not really throwing anything. Eventually, Pimblet's upright against the fence, and it's just, again, Gordon holding on, trying to drag him down, throwing a pitter-patter shot every once in a while. Pimblet responding with his own pitter-patter, kind of a stalemate. Nothing really effective grappling sense. 
Pimblet does land some Travis Brown-style elbows to the side every time Gordon would drop down. He'd land one, and Gordon would pop right back up. And he also, you know, so, there's there's a couple like knees that do get upstairs on Jared Gordon yes. as well. I don't know how deep they're landed, but I would say they're probably more effective than than doing nothing or or kind right, of yeah. pitter patter like get, stay busy kind of stuff. Right, but what, as I'm saying, with these elbows, when he lands this elbow, it completely changes Gordon's position. So mm-hmm. I see that as effective. He's 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 forcing him to do something different. I think so. Uh, like you said, Patty lands a couple of those knees. I think one was was rather decent in particular. Yeah, I remember uh, distinctly one. I just don't see much of Gordon doing anything all that effective, just really hanging on Pimblet. I mean, he does he, he's throwing a punch here and there. But, I mean, like I said, I think they're just like, kind of pitter-patter shots. When they separate, Gordon lands a, a decent left um, before they clinch again. And Pimblet sure. gets taken down, ends up in a scramble. Gordon almost has the back but falls off. I think if he gets this back, man, that's so crucial to the way this he round probably, is scored. He probably would get the win, I think. I'm, well, I mean, it's it's that actually isn't the way it would have worked out. No, but. I mean, get, get the win of this round sure. unanimously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't. Pimblick ends up on his back, and he lands a couple of okay lefts. Uh, if we're scoring on effectiveness, I think Pimblick's the effective offensive fighter here well, we are scoring effect- we're yeah. scoring on effective like, striking that's, that's and grappling what, that's on the what, same right. on the same level exactly so what, what i what i what i'm getting at yeah again it's a close round i just think pimblet edges i think he's the more effective fighter here gordon just uh not doing much of anything except holding him against the cage trying to get a takedown i think i think that's the key here is this is just be one into that low output round so it's hard to kind mm-hmm. of definitively feel great about it but yeah i i the way I look at this too is there really just aren't a, lot, a whole lot of strikes landed, and I don't think the grappling on either side is very effective, right? So the grappling almost is negligible. Yeah, it's like a it's not entirely negligible. Of... It's not, but but it's it really doesn't factor in as much as I think the, the limited striking here in this round. And I feel like what you could do is you could take like officially the UFC scores ten significant strikes in this round, significant strikes, which are strikes at distance, right? Total. I've, yeah, total between the two fighters. I think it was six to four patty, if I recall. Okay. Right? If you were to rank all 10 of these strikes in terms of how effective they are, I would wager that you'd end up with more of them being patties than Jared's I would, I would here. agree. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I would look at it here. And that's why for me, I, again, it's a close round, but I, I gave this one to Patty Pimblett. Just as Chris Lee did, and and granted, Lee is the only one. He's the outjudge here. Du- judges Doug Crosby and and Ron McCarthy. They gave this round to Gordon. So this was a Gordon mm-hmm. round on on aggregate. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had it the same way I did. Though. I had it the same as you. We have the same scorecard as Chris Lee. You and me. What does that mean for Chris Lee though? Another couch side over. <laughs> All right, Chris, you got two in one fight. You got two in one fight. But again, <laughs> this is this is a fight where I feel like. It, it, Tell me this. Tell me this. Out of the three rounds, who had the most definitive win of any of the three rounds? Gordon round one. I would agree. Yeah. I think I think it would I would rank it as Gordon round one, Pimlet round three, and then Pimlet round two. Because yeah. I think round two is like just such a toss up, even though it all all three judges had the same way. It's just super close. It just yeah, is. Yeah, and round and and round three again. We talk when we talk about these low output rounds. Yeah, it's like okay, just, you're you're kind of you're kind of taking your life in your hands there by just give not them give the judges in. something yeah, yeah. to score. It, it's a and easier said than done. We're exactly, sitting here, right? But, like, but but having said that, it's it's just it's a tough thing, man. Yeah, and I, I mean, I I kind of understand it from a fighter's perspective. It's like oh, I'm holding him against the cage. He's, he can't do what he wants to do. Yes, but. And, that's just yeah, that's not the not, way they're the judges are taught to it's evaluate around. Striking and grappling that leads 
towards a finish. They want to know so, where the grappling is is kind of go- like what effect is it happening toward ending the fight exactly? Yeah, yeah. and and what unfortunately Jared Gordon was able to do here just didn't really qualify to to cross that line. I don't think you know, and you don't get to the the next layers of of criteria. It's no, you just don't see that. The judges aren't really taught to okay, you know if. Yeah, if if it looks reasonably close, you can go to the next level. It's they they're heavily encouraged to work off of effective striking and grappling cumulatively before you even think about getting to aggression. You only really end up seeing it in AMI fights, more or less. Yeah, when get, applied yeah. appropriately, I would right. say. You know, we've we've heard rogue explanations coming out of Texas in the last couple of years. Um, those aren't typically explanations supported by the most experienced officials. So it's unfortunate that those are the voices who have actually been heard the most loudly because commissions just don't want officials to be talking about this stuff. Yeah, I, I think control time stat on screen just does such a disservice. Yeah, you're you're a everything. big opponent so, of that. I think you're, I, I think you're right. To uh, just forget about control. Stop throwing control in my face as the reason why you're scoring it for somebody. It's a super tough it's, situation too, and I think more education obviously is what we're looking for. That's why we do the show we do. It's just, it's just a disconnect. Yeah. And it's a shame because I think I think Jared Gordon could have won that fight and really should have won the fight. And I do think it has more to do with round one, to be perfectly honest, because if if round one is scored the way we are sitting at home thinking the round's supposed to be scored, he gets a split, right? He would get a split victory, yeah. So, and I think that's that's unfortunate because I I do see as much as I scored it for Patty Pimblett, I'm very okay with it going thirty twenty seven. Gordon makes sense to me. Thirty twenty seven is is a defendable score. Very very defendable. Yeah, and and look, obviously a lot of people had it. A lot of people had twenty nine twenty eight. Gordon, no one no mm-hmm. one's sitting there saying you're wrong if you had that. Not at least on our side. Not me. I mean, everyone's just telling me I'm wrong. Well, you are. Oh yeah, duh. no, <laughs> obviously. No, I, it sucks. It's the it, it, situation like this definitely sucks because I don't think it's really a robbery. I don't it's like not that a robbery word. At I don't all. like that word, but. Uh, that does get tossed around a lot, and you know, there's a lot of there are a lot of strong opinions with Patty Pimblett. This let's just put it that way, right? Just such a polarizing guy right now, and it seems to be he almost lost his whole fan base. But then you see the but crowd. No, he didn't. But everyone... then, you, then you see the crowd, and everyone's wearing wigs. No, and, no, no. He and, didn't lose his fan going base. wild. He didn't lose his fan base. That's <laughs> that's for damn sure. Um, I I think we've covered this fight about as well as we can. I, and if anybody has any questions, wants to hit us up, and want to tell us we we're stupid or we suck, that's fine. Uh, you know how to get us on Twitter. <laughs> Let's move on, though, because this wasn't even the only one of the night that was, uh, I, I don't want to say controversial. I mean, maybe it was, but I don't know. The championship fight. The fight everybody who purchased the pay-per-view was probably looking most forward to, even though it wasn't the title fight we were hoping to get as of three weeks ago. Jan Blachowicz <laughs> fighting against Magomed and Kalaev. And we don't have a new champion. <laughs> no new champ. No new champ. Maybe in Split, January. Split, draw. Yeah. We'll try again next month. That's, <laughs> that's a whole other thing, right? But Jan Blahovic, yeah, he fights to a draw. Scores a 48-47 in his favor. 48-46 in Ankalaev's favor. And then the 47-47 score that made the uh, split draw. It really comes down to two rounds, even though a lot of people do feel like round one is like the closest round of this. Really fight. close. Yeah. That... Round one's really close, but all three judges had this one as uh, for Blahovich. And I understand why that'd be close. We're not going to go deep into that one, though. We yeah. we did all the rounds in Patty Pimlet. Fine. This one, I think we're just going to acknowledge, OK, the judges, they, they had it this way. But mm-hmm. yes, it's close. Right. Yep. Simple as that. Let's go to round three, though, which is the only ju- the round that the judges actually were split on in terms of winner. 
Correct. So let's dive in. Round three. Yeah, right off the bat, Blahovich starts with the low kicks, and, and he's destroying the legs of Ankalaev. I mean, that, that that's kind of really the way I see it. Uh, landing good kicks to the body, a couple punches upstairs, but I do think Ankalaev does well later in the round as, as a progressive. He does land to the face a few times. He's able to close distance to get a clinch, land some strikes there. Ankalaev does land some kicks to the body, ends the round with a takedown and a couple strikes. But I do think Blahovich round, based on immediate impact, his kicks were strong. 10-9 Blahovich. The immediate impact is absolutely yeah. key for me here. I mean, yeah. you're supposed to, the criteria says, you want to weigh the immediate impact more heavily than the cumulative impact. And oftentimes, cumulative impact ends up being leg kicks and things like mm-hmm. that, right? Or body work, right? That often ends up being what the cumulative is. But here, we have absolutely immediate effects of, of Uncle I have eating leg kicks because he's hopping around like he's playing Ninja Turtles in yeah. time and he's got, my toes, my toes. <laughs> It was a good reference for you. Yeah. Um, it, it was really a lot like that. You absolutely are seeing this is the the effects of a man whose legs are being coming compromised because of all the damage. This he, is immediate impact. He is hurt. Yes, he 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 is he's hurt. The Blahovich legs are made of steel. And 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 I get it. Yeah, they use that on, on the broadcast yeah. too. To give proper credit, sir. Yeah, well, they are made of steel. They are. They are. They, they checked a, it. They checked it. It's he's actually made of, of little steel. No, stop it. It's only one metal. Okay. It's not adamantium. Okay. You said it's steel. Stick with that. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. But uh, as much as Ankalaev, again, he he is landing, like you're saying, right? He's. Mm-hmm. I think he ends up outlanding, actually, like on the total strikes, right? The official number yep. of total strikes. It's like two to one. But, you know, that is total strikes includes those, those strikes up close and maybe that aren't as deeply effective as opposed to a distance that doesn't mean they're not effective right but it's just the way the ufc separates significant and what i like to call insignificant strikes having said that it, again it's that immediate impact that we're talking about and i really think you have to give this one to blahovich if if we're going by the criteria favoring the immediate impact yeah. maybe uncle lives made it adamantium because he recovered kind of well i mean he does absolutely so, we'll get to that later yeah but i mean I'm not saying this is an indefensible round, like to go the other way. I, I, there's enough people out there whose opinions I respect, including Judge Derek Cleary, who I think is a very in, in, impressive judge. I think he's one of the best judges we have. He had this round for Ankalaev. I just think, in my personal assessment of this fight, for whatever that's worth, I think Blahovich is the better score. Yeah, it's the I, one that makes more sense to me and my I, understanding of the criteria. I like it for Blahovich. I'm bad, I'm, but you know what? I'm not too, not too crazy. I'm not crazy, yeah. but I, I feel good so, about this. So I'm yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm like I'm not like oh man, it's so close. It's tough, tough. I'm like no, nah, I I feel good with yeah. Blahovich I'm confident here. with Blahovich same as Mike it, Bell, so. same as Sal D'Amato. They were the yeah. majority here. We sided with the majority. So at this point, you know, I I'm, personally I gave round one to Blahovich anyway. So I would have had okay. it at three zero. I don't know where you would have had the first round. I when I I my. I gave round one to Ankalaev. Okay, so, it's close. But, yeah. So, but really, at this point, we both have Blahovich up after three rounds. I have it three rounds to none. You have it two rounds to one. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because if this stayed a three round fight like it was supposed to, and let's just say for argument's sake, the fight doesn't change dramatically in terms of the fight script, Blahovich actually wins the fight. Yeah. That's the end. But that's not how it works. We do have two more rounds to go. The fight is different when it's five rounds instead of three. <laughs> And round four, we saw Ankalaya finally take charge yeah. with his wrestling, he, which he ignored almost the entire fight. I mean, he didn't ignore it, but he certainly wasn't committing to it to the same degree. Finally gets it down in round four, wins a round, and now we're on to round five, which 
another good round for him. It's just what to what degree is it a good round uh, in the fifth and final round, Dan? Let's talk about that. Yeah, immediately Uncle Live goes right back to the wrestling, takes him down, hangs out on guard for a little while, throwing some strikes. But you know, then he's able to pass to half and trap a wrist. The what's it called? The Dagestani handcuff. That's that's Simple, one term yeah. for it that we've come yeah. to use. Yeah. So and he's landing some big shots here. They aren't nonstop. It's not like he just keeps hitting them nonstop. But it's consistent. But it's, it's constant offense for the final two minutes of this round. Blahovich did land some back elbows. It's not decent. Much. They're yeah. decent. They're okay. for, from the position, they're decent. Yeah. They're not going to stop the fight. No. Uh, he, he Outside of that, he didn't do much of this round. No. I did think when I was watching live that Blahovich blocked a fair amount of these punches to the face. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't. Uh Live, I went with the nine, so my score was a ten nine. You stick, you're sticking with your. But I do think I do. I know. I think I'm wrong. I I believe this probably should have been an eight for Uncle Live. Okay, yeah. I only went nine. So live watching, of course. I only watched it the one time with you, and again, I watched it a day later. Um, but yeah, when I was watching this, I said, okay, this is a ten eight round, and and the reason being, of course, when we're looking for ten eights, we're trying to evaluate those three Ds, right? Damage, Mm -hmm. dominance, duration. I mean, dominance. Definitely down. Jan Blahovich yeah. spends almost the entirety of the round in a compromised grappling position. That is grappling dominance. It's almost the entire round. Like it's it's almost bell to bell. That's duration. So we got those two. So it really comes down to, to what degree of damage do you think is being done? And I think because there's one a, a significant discrepancy between the damage being done between these two individuals and the fact that a lot of these strikes that that Magomed Ankalaev is piling up here are. They're pretty heavy. They're pretty. They're yeah. pretty hard. It's not just like that pitter patter, right? Like these are big guys. They hit harder anyway. And I think he's landing so consistently to the point where, yeah, I think there's not like one point where I said, "Oh wow, we're at a D." It's really just it kind of slowly evolved, or not a D, a uh, an eight, right? There wasn't that one punch that turned it. It was just slowly moved that way, moved moved kind of the needle from the nine over to the eight. Yeah, I. Here's the thing. I think I kind of got um, messed up with the referee calling for more action at that one point. And I was like, oh, why? What's your problem with Mark Goddard? Like, but no, that's like it throws me. Like, is, is Uncle Live actually doing that much if, if he's calling for more action here to, to be more active? So I, I kind of think that threw me off. But okay. yeah, I, I do think I do think this should be an eight because it's uh, it's one sided traffic. But again, you so. were sticking with your original score of the nine. That's a, that was my score life. That's right. my score on MMA so you're just decisions. Gonna, you're gonna own it. That's, yeah. Yeah. But I, I understand. So. Yeah. No. I, I I have this as an eight, and so really what that means is that I have the exact same scorecard as Sal D'Amato, and Sal D'Amato scored this fight as the forty-seven forty-seven draw. So okay, my score is a draw. Yeah. Yours. And so I would have wouldn't necessarily 46. be that. Yeah. You would yeah. have you would have the uh, the Ankalaev scorecard here. You would have gotten there a way that no judge did. No really? one, ha- no one yeah, had these. No one, yeah, because no yeah, you're yeah, the only one. Yeah. You you had round one different. They all agreed it was Bahovich. You had it as Uncle Live. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nobody has it that exact way. Yep. Uh, but you would have given this as the same. Who, who had the forty eight forty six? It was excuse me forty eight forty six. That was Derek Cleary. Okay. Yeah, because Mike Bell of all the judges, by the way, who yeah. Let's put it this way: I do data data and you know data tracking of the way the judges kind of tend to have tendencies, right? Mike Bell of all the judges that we track, is the most likely to give the eight as opposed to the nine. If if the judges are split and he's the out, he's the eight. Mm. And the others are the nine. This is the, I think it's like the, f- 
it's only the second time in the last like four years out of like 18 situations like this where he's been the nine the only nine instead of the only eight. Oh wow okay so very very rare case where mike bell is the one who doesn't give the eight here um and he actually was the judge who was the closest to the action here so take that for what it, it is i mean it, he might just but know also, a little bit more than us yeah in, he, in he might scenario. He, he different made, feedback yes of course but also i believe he had to look, watch the screen because the probably action, for a lot of it yeah because yeah, the action was their backs were to him right you so, do see you do see if you if you look you can see him sitting there and, and he does look down at his screen there at that point mm-hmm. yeah um but again it really doesn't make a drastic difference here uh in this card because it's still a draw even if he goes 10 8 here yeah because <laughs> he has 48 47 uh for blahovich yeah so he would end up 47 it would just be a majority so. draw the only difference yeah. is, is it would be a majority draw instead of a split draw Mm-hmm. Still no winner, and we still get two two totally new contenders. Yes, we do because <laughs> now they say okay, it doesn't really matter who's the champion as long as we have a championship fight going on. Yep. Um, and look, I really respect the heck out of Glover Teixeira. I think he got kind of screwed out of a title shot here. I think he was the odd man out for doing what I think was right for him. Everything worked out in the end for him because he gets another shot here. And as much as you look at it and say, okay, it's number one versus, I forget exactly where Jamal seven, Hill is. I believe. Seven? Yeah, I believe yeah. seven. He's not in the top five. Having said that, I think the world of Jamal Hill and his upside, yeah. I in no way count him out to beat Glover Teixeira, who I, again, would consider to be probably the number one contender after all of this anyway. Mm-hmm. So if he beats him, yeah, I mean... Why not have him be the champ? I guess it makes some sense, but also it just it just goes to show you how little the UFC actually cares about crowning the best fighter so much as like the guy that just needs to be a champion for well, eventually. It, it makes me think that uh, Anthony Smith and, and Jamal Hill was a number one contendership fight or, or next title. Shot I guess it fight, could have been. So. Sure. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It depends what they need at that particular <laughs> moment, man. I think we've seen enough of that, including in this particular case, right? It's 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 easy to get jaded by it, right? There's a lot of fans that I've seen getting jaded on social media, <laughs> and I get it. Um, but that that is it for our two most controversial, or let's say most talked about decisions from UFC. We will get to that uh, that other one, that other championship fight in a little bit. But we want to close. That's a Bellator two eighty nine fight. We'll get to that after we kind of close out business from UFC 282 because there were three other fights in which there was a contested round. Uh, and of course, we talk about all these rounds. So mm-hmm. we can keep these probably a little more brief, yeah, right? I, I think bit. people want to get to the meat and potatoes of the show, yeah. which is those three fights. We've got two of them. Let's go over these, the the rest here, starting with uh, Dr- uh, Dreykus Duplessis, right? Getting the win over Darren Till. Round three submission by a rear naked choke. Round one is our split round. and we're More not- neck crank. You wrote down RNC, my friend. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, yes, it, it definitely is review. much more of a yeah. Having watched the fight too, yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely more of a turning the head to the side. Ow, this hurts. I'm gonna tap. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It did not look like a, a carotid compression here. <laughs> but whatever, by whatever name, we're only gonna <laughs> talk about round one of this fight anyway, and we're really just interested in to what degree did Duplessis win this round. So what's happening in round one that we're talking about an eight, maybe? Well, it's a total one-sided round for most of it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Duplessis has a, a handcuff on, on the wrist, but they're standing. Or more, I guess, Till's kneeling, so he doesn't get kneed in the head. Sure. Um, And Duplessis is just dropping left hands, like one after the next, one after the next. I, I did think, I did think a few of them were blocked here. And it, they didn't seem that hard for a while, but there's just so many of them. Uh, for like, how long would you say they're here for? Like 
almost four minutes. It's close to four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, heavy, heavy chunk of the round. Yeah. They, Till's one eye is kind of swollen, almost shut. Um, but then they separate, and Till gets some good offense off. He gets a, a fairly nice guillotine attack. It wasn't the greatest, but it forced Duplessis to to have to escape in kind of a desperate fashion, I, I would say, the way he rolled. Uh, he lands some good uh, hammer fists and some good elbows while on top. I, and also, he had that one big, uh, the one big punch in the face, too. Uh, before it went down to the ground. Sure. So I, I, I do think Till earned himself a nine. He fought back to it. So I, I'm on 10-9. I, I totally understand the eight because, I mean, it really was one-sided for a, a ton of the round. Um, But I just do think I, I think Till fought back, earned his nine. You know, what's funny is that traditionally speaking, we talk about Mike Bell is the most likely to give the, the eight instead of the nine if mm-hmm. he split. Traditionally... Up until I believe this year, actually, is where we saw this kind of be different. Tony Weeks was the other way. He was the most likely to give an nine, or a nine instead of an eight as okay. the only one, right? He would be the one who's the least likely to pull it compared to his uh, his peers, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's that been very different this year. It, it's kind of changed dramatically, but he is the one who gives the nine here. I also saw it as a nine, too. I, I do think, to, to, this, to your point, Darren Till does earn back the nine because of the degree to which he's it's not just that he fights back you don't you don't just get it because hey you had a little bit of offense that's not the way it works in in mma judging anymore it's not the way judges do it um but i think he does like a significant amount of of effective offense on his own that i think we can start pulling it back from the eight Mm -hmm. and and you also saw you know throughout that round i think duplessis is slowing down you know, I think that's part of it. When they separate, it looks like Till was the one that was handing the beating, kind of. Sure. Because Duplessis, he's, he's kind of spent here. I think he's just a little, yeah, I don't know if, if he obviously wasn't spent for the whole fight because he comes back right. and wins it. Yeah. But he does, I mean, he loses the second round. Yeah, Till. You know, he's he's not in a good way. Sean Sheehan's draw prediction was, draw prediction was, was, was in uh, he, play he, here. He was called, when did, like, when did he start calling for the draw? Saying, I'm not watching this live. Preview. For in his preview for before oh, no. the fight, he called the draw for here. this fight. That's I don't so know if funny. he was joking, but that's what he called for this fight. <laughs> gutsy, gutsy from from our uh, our friendly neighborhood Irishman. <laughs> but yeah, so I had this one as a ten nine Duplessis. Uh, Sal D'Amato and Ron McCarthy had it as the eight, so we had it the same. You, you and I mm-hmm. as Tony Weeks. What does that mean for Judge Weeks? Couch side over. <laughs> Check that mail. <laughs> Might be in there, Tony. Uh, we have also on the main card, Santiago Ponzinibbio. He got another third round. A lot of third round finishes at this card. It was wild, by yeah, the this, way. Yep. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio gets the, the finish in the third round. Another fight he really wasn't doing as well in up until this point over Alex Morono. But round two is split. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this one. Yeah, I think it's a pretty close round. I, I feel Ponzinibbio is kind of landing mostly jabs. Morono... Uh, is also landing a couple jobs. Well, it's kind of weird. It's like it seemed like they threw almost at the exact same time each time. And I thought Morono uh, was the one that was landing or getting through a little bit more than the Pons because I thought he came up short. Um, the Pons? The Pons. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Um, hey. <laughs> Morono lands uh, the big right that sits Pons and Nibio down. And, you know, final minute and a half, I think Pons and Nibio does land some good rights mixed in. But I, I think. Morono has the edge here, ten nine. No, I gave this one the other way. Actually, I did give it to Ponzinibbio. Okay. It's it's close, absolutely. But yeah, I th- I think favoring right. kind of that later offense and and the fact that I think he does land more often. You know, okay. I I, I think he had better volume and I think he lands really well at the end. And, and that yeah, that's where I went. But I can see it the other way too. 
fair. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's not a not a crazy round to, to be split upon. So you know, I went the other way. I went uh, the same way as the out judge, uh, Junichiro Camillo. You had it as Mike Bell and Derek Cleary did for Morono. So it is what it is. It doesn't really matter because round three, Santiago Ponzinibbio takes it out of the yeah. judge's hands. Yep. And it ain't good for Morono. You look good for, for coming in. On short week. notice, yeah. you know, they're coming in. Both of these guys had to make 180 instead, mm-hmm. um, which was at least a little easier on Ponzinibbio. But I don't know how much weight Morono walks around at. So mm. uh, good on good on him. Good performance. It just didn't go that way. Um, but the last round that we have in UFC is in our first fight of the evening. Mm-hmm. That was Cameron uh, Simon, right? Cameron Simon. Cameron and- Simon and Stephen Kozlow. Both 6-0 and o coming in. Simon's the one who still has the O, and it is uh, by third round, once again, TKO. Yes. Round one is where we are split. So what's going on here? Very close round. Kozlow gets a takedown. Gets to half guard, but, you know, nothing really going on there. Simon reverses position, lands a few elbows from the top, but Kozlo keeps controlling with, you know, rubber guard variants. I'll say gets to mission control, but he's not really doing anything outside of that. No no real sub attacks. Uh, then they really kind of just go back and forth exchanging pre- uh, grappling positions. I think Simon was a little bit more effective. I thought he landed some more strikes with his position. That That's what I'm on. I'm on 10-9 Simon. I, I just went the other way. I, I think it's really close, but I think ultimately the, the edges were, were just a little more in his favor, especially okay. in the grappling sense. So, yeah, I, I went that way. Um, I think he gets, to, he gets to a little bit more dominant, I think, positions. Okay. You know, it's really not by much. Um, it's a tough round to score. It's a, a round like this. And, and you see this a lot with younger prospects. Is sometimes it can be very hard to kind of differentiate, especially if they're matched up very well. And then, mm-hmm. fortunately, they actually did a good job of matching up two UFC guys tends that are, to do decent They do a good job so. when they can't because they can, they can pull from the entire yeah. pool of fighters, right? And they right. can end up getting, hopefully... Uh, either a matchup that ends up being very close and competitive or one mm-hmm. that ends up being a nice showcase, right? Um, and then round two, we had that point taken. He did, yeah. There was uh, It was the point taken for the... Uh, the Illegal knee. The, 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 yeah. Um, any any so, thoughts on that particular knee, by the way? No, nah, I thought it was thought it was fine. Mm. I, I did I did like the idea that you don't get the position because you already lost the point. So. Right, yeah. It was kind of a... It, it was a, kind of an awkward way, I guess. It was handled like the, the throughout. I think we ended up in the right spots from uh Chris Tonioni. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately the the ends justify the means I guess, but it was it was kind of like okay, we stopped it cuz yeah, something landed. They both agreed and he's like, "Oh, okay, he steps in," right? Yep. It's a little strange. Um it is what it is, but to go back uh, and close out this right the, this round, this fight and this uh event here, uh I had it the same way as judges Derek Cleary and Janitro Camillo. You had it as Tony Weeks did. So you yep. were with the out judge this time, but we were both split in both of these rounds. Mhm. And then that is it again for uh, for UFC 282, at least the, the contested rounds. We'll circle back when we talk about the finishes, but let's get to the other fight. The one that we thought was going to lead our show, yeah. and it obviously isn't necessary anymore because yeah, no one's even talking about it. Yeah, I, I just want to point out, yeah. No one's talking about this particular fight anyway. Yeah. They're talking about something else that we'll get into. Yeah, the, the Bellator main event. Which, by the way, you attended is, Bellator. I did attend Bellator. We didn't I didn't even touch on that. I had a good time at Bellator. Yeah. It was a good show. I had a great seat. You love Bellator. I You're notorious a, for your love of Bellator. I got a second main event front row when fans started throwing down <laughs> because they didn't like the decision. They were disagreeing on the decision. On Twitter, you don't have to worry about getting punched in the face if you disagree. That's a good point. In person- I've never seen it. If you disagree, they just start throwing hands, yeah. and it's amazing. Sometimes they just uh, call you, they say you're on crystal meth, by the way. <laughs> I, apparently, I was on crystal meth. 
today. Didn't realize oh, it. That's uh, yeah. You weren't. I was being a very irresponsible parent. How was your your energy level? I I felt fine. I oh, put okay. up a Christmas tree. Nice. I hung out with my children. It was great. <laughs> I, I is, is this how is this what crystal meth is like? I really don't know. I, don't know. I watched Breaking Bad. That's all I got. But yeah, there were there were other rounds, other fights from uh, from Bellator that had. Interesting scorecards. We just didn't have the really the time. Yeah, we, uh, to between, get to those between so my busy weekend kinda, and everything. Yeah, we're just gonna stick to this particular main event. Yeah, and what a what a finish it was as far as the scorecards were concerned. Because what seemed to be kind of an innocuous. Okay, it looks like Rafian Stotts got the uh, got the decision over Danny Sabatello. Uh, three rounds to two is what we I think most people really saw. Right, forty eight, forty seven, twice he got. But then there was a 50-45 that went the other way for Danny Sabatello. Apparently, according to MMA decisions, this is the first time in their records that a losing fighter got a 50-45. Wow. First time ever that they know of. They, okay. There's a lot of fights that we don't, you know, that don't end up on MMA decisions. Maybe it's happened before. If it has, probably not very often. So hyper rare if not unprecedented. But we've got three rounds to talk about as a result because they all came from Judge Doug Crosby. Before we get deep into Judge Crosby, who has been the talk of Twitter for the whole weekend, and because he also, once again, was actually at UFC the next day and was on the Patty Pimlet fight that we talked about earlier, right? We'll get to Judge Crosby in particular later. Let's talk specifically about these rounds. And it's rounds two, three, and five. Start with round two, my friend. What happened in round two? Yeah, on the feet, Stotts, he's landed some light kicks. He's really just throwing kind of one strike at a time. But, you know, these are pretty decent lands. A good kick to the body, a solid uppercut. Sabatello uh, throws a head kick. I think it's partially blocked, but, you know, it ends up getting up there. And then they get into a uh, a grappling exchange with Sabatello on top. And he just holds position, trying to pass every once in a while. Eventually, he gets on the back with one hook. Stotts uses this to lock up a very tight knee bar. When I was out there, I thought I was about to witness a snap leg because I thought Sabatello may not be the type to tap. Right. So you had the different feedback. So, now, and to be clear, you watched this back again yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the screen that we all got to see. So. Yeah, yeah. My score is coming from watching on TV. But it's, it's also it's also colored by the fact that you were watching it once. But I also watched it live. I saw it live and I was nervous live because I really thought this leg may go pop. Um but, you know, eventually he does get out and, you know, ends up on Stotts back for like the last seven seconds, I think, of the round. But I, I think you got to go Stotts here. I think he had, you know, all the effective offense. So 10-9 Stotts. It really comes down to what Big John was harping on in the broadcast. Big John McCarthy is is pointing out that, yeah, as much as Sabatello is controlling with the wrestling, he's not doing anything effectively from an offensive standpoint, he's not even getting to dominant grappling positions and holding them. It there's just not any of that. He's he's getting to like good wrestling positions. Yeah, it's it's really. But that's not really what scores because we're scoring effective grappling toward trying to end the fight, and nothing he's doing is getting there. Mm-hmm. It's you can't go that way. It's got to be the guy who's effective grappling. You want effective grappling in this round. It's it's Stotts going for the knee bar, and it was a good knee bar, like you said. Right, yeah. I it's think, the strikes he's landing. Those are effective strikes. Yeah, I, I forget the exact term. I believe it's called a guillotine in wrestling. It's not a chokehold. It's like when you have one hook, kind of like a twister setup position. It's semi, I believe it's called a guillotine in wrestling. I, think, I felt like that's what he kept trying to get to. 
I have to admit, I'm, I'm out of my depth with a so, lot of wrestling terms. So I, I believe Eddie Bravo, that's where he was, he learned his twister, was off a guillotine in wrestling, which is not a chokehold. It's that similar position you set up for a twister. Sure. I think that's what he was trying to get to and just hang there. I, he really didn't, like you said, didn't do nothing. No. So it's, There's not really a great argument to be made for Sabatello to get this round, and yet Judge Doug Crosby was the one who gave it that way. I just I don't see it. I don't see anything there that can get there. It's it it it's almost like the old school. Oh, he had more takedowns. You know, really, it's almost yeah. like we're grading takedowns like to the same degree we did. You know, in let's say 2010 when the judging genius was at his peak. <laughs> it's just just <sighs> that on the feet, Stotts is the one that's landing. You know, the better strikes and Sabatello's leg was like hyperextended. Yeah, to a, to a dangerous degree. I thought so. I, I think it's a I think it's a pretty solid round yeah. for for Stotts. I I really don't see a good argument the other way. I, I I deny the argument the other way unless someone can make a more compelling case than we see that we've discussed here. I I side with judges Eric Colon and Brian Miner very firmly. Mm-hmm. Round three, any different? Well, Sabatello does land a front kick to the face. Uh, kind of just flicks it up there. Uh, but Stotts is the one doing better on the feet and and in the grappling really. Uh, Sabatello does get to some positions as. He didn't the previous round, but again, does nothing with it. Stotts ends up getting a takedown later in the round. He lands some shots uh, while he's on top, then moves to side control, and he appears to be setting up some kind of weird head and arm choke using his legs, his lat. Uh, I mean, it doesn't amount to much, but, but he ends up with a front headlock where they're standing, and he lands some knees to the heads here. Sabatello escapes, gets a takedown of his own, and gets his own front headlock, and just stays there. No strikes thrown. Just holding on. I think you got to go stats 10-9 here. I think you have to as well. I just, again, it's Big John is saying this. He he says this throughout the fight. He says it in every round we're going to talk about. It's, it's control, but he's not doing anything with it. You're just not seeing him try to do anything more. And it's, I mean, for me, it's frustrating. I don't have a, a dog in this race here, right? Mm-hmm. But it's frustrating for me because I see the bones of what could be a potential like championship level fighter, right? Really good. And he almost, I mean, he was in this fight. Technically one judge thought he won the championship, you know, mm-hmm. but no one else really saw that. So that's, that's kind of the end of there. Nobody, nobody who's not affiliated with uh, Sabatello, let's put it that way. That's true. That's beyond <laughs> true. Like my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't see, I just don't see a compelling case for Sabatello here. I don't see it at all. It's the same as the last one. There, this is a round where it's much more effective offense coming off of stats. And that's what it comes down to. You can't just win on takedowns by modern judging standards. Like you said, Sabatello can be really good. He just throw some sub t- sub attempts, a few strikes. Try even if he could just get better at taking the back mm-hmm. and and not just riding, you know, kind of that position, right? Yeah, unless you're setting up a twister, but. It didn't appear he was try- he was setting up any sub really. So, and if he was setting it up, he wasn't close enough for it to yeah. score. He just wasn't. So, th- th- you need to do more than that, uh, and that's unfortunate because I think little adjustments here and there could really make him a different fighter. But he did what he did. This is a Stotts round, definitely. Judges Cologne and Miner saw it that way. Yep, you did. I did. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Round five. This ends up being essentially the the winner, like the winner take all round, right? Because it is tied at thirty eight all. On two judges' cards, which is all that matters. It doesn't matter that uh, 40 to 36 was uh, Sabatello for, or from uh, Judge Crosby here. But let's get into round five. What's happening? Yeah, on the feet, again, Stotts is winning. He's landing good shots. Sabatello's nose is bleeding a bit. Uh, but then, as, as a lot a lot of the times in this in this whole fight, Sabatello does get a takedown. 
and somewhat has the back. And this was, I thought this was a little different because I thought he might be actually trying to set up a, a sub here, but he doesn't. He just holds on while... And just holds and holds and holds. While Stott starts dropping elbows on his head. It even looked like he opened a small cut uh, near his ear. A little bit. You saw a little, because he has that, that bleach blonde hair. So you saw a little bit of red or Everything shows up pretty through. well in that. Yeah, yeah all the blood so, shows up. <laughs> so you can't just eat, you know, and, and credit to Blake Rice. Some of them were hit, hit in the back of the head. He said, hey, he The referee, yeah, yes. Stop it. Um, but a lot of them were clean, hitting solid shots. And Sabatella just held position. Never threw a single strike in any of these positions. I don't think you can win a fight doing that. 10-9 starts. 10-9 starts. That's what it is. I, I don't really have anything more to add other than what I've been saying. It's the same stuff, right? You just uh, If I'm a coach, man, I'm just like, do a little more, please. Just, just, it's, just, it's, just it's, do a little more. What's contributing to ending the fight and that holding position isn't? so. No. And unfortunately, he had to find that out the hard way in a big opportunity. Yeah, and then we lost round Will this six be his only opportunity? I would say no. Yeah, that's right. He was trying to get out the cage, and the door was closed. And he was like, he couldn't wait to get out of there. You could tell once he figured out it was a split, he was just like fuming. Mm-hmm. You, I was watching his face, and I'm like, man, it's yeah. not, he just he's mad. He's just mad that it's not even like a definite decision for him. Like Stotts heard fifty forty five, and he was like a bit confused. Yeah, and then once he, he's like, okay, right, at least somebody gave this, it to let's me. See, let's, let's, let's see where this goes. goes. And uh, yeah, it's. I just think it's very unfortunate because I think for someone like that, and you now all credit to to Stotts again. I have no dog in this race. I think Rafian Stotts fought a really good fight. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm excited for the fight against Patchy Mix. I, Patchy Mix is really good. I like this fight yeah. a lot. But let's talk a little more about Judge Crosby here, right? Because again, mm-hmm. he turned in a scorecard where, and this is, this really doesn't happen on our show. We we've been talking about fights again on the show every week that there's a UFC card or a Bellator card or a PFL card. We talk about it every week. We have never had a scorecard where the three of the where Dan and I both agreed that you really just can't give the round the other way three times in the same fight. I mean, I don't think you have that three times in the same event. Yeah, that's at least not since we started to really understand the criteria. You you go back to our old shows. We we had a lot to learn. Let's let's own that. Right. Once once we started getting a lot more information from, you know, we had, of course, uh, Rob Hines on our show. We had Kevin McDonald on our show. Uh, we've had Ben Cartledge on our show, and they pointed our North Star in the right direction to help us really understand the way you're supposed to be applying this criteria, right? Mm-hmm. Which was great. Absolutely. And after that point, I think we start to get it. So that's that's kind of like the point of demarcation where we're going back to, right? So it's mm-hmm. more like two and a half years. But having said that, this is unprecedented to have one judge turn in three rounds that we just can't find a defense for. It's, it's an indefensible scorecard, and it's a really terrible scorecard. This is definitely the worst scorecard that we have evaluated in three years that we've been doing this this Mm. this show and the frustrating thing is that it comes from a judge who and look there have been rounds where i've sat there and said you know what doug crosby had it the way i saw it and he was the only judge who had it that way and he's actually got a pretty reasonable uh rate in which he does tend to agree with his fellow judges so with that data that i collect he's actually reasonably in line right not too far off typically but one thing that's always kind of confused me i guess let's say is the way that i've heard him explain rounds in like those csac meetings that that we've right. been able, been fortunate enough to uh, attend the ones mm-hmm. from andy foster runs it's training uh event tra- essentially training meetings for officials that media are welcome to you know fighters coaches whatever anybody who's pretty much knows about it learns about it ahead of time andy foster's pretty much happy to welcome you right mm-hmm. it's all above board 
But I've heard him give explanations that just don't really jive with the way you hear other judges explain why a round is scored one way or the other, or it doesn't exactly match up with the modern writing of the criteria. And and it just kind of like, it kind of makes me turn my head kind of like a curious puppy, like, "Hmm, what's going on? What do you say there? (laughs) And it just, it's frustrating to me because it doesn't, again, it doesn't line up with every other official. And he's been doing this a very long time, a very long time. He's got UFC fights going back to almost 20 years, I think. I even be more. I remember. I remember hearing his name for as long as I can remember. I, I feel so. like I feel like when we've gone back to some of those past judgments where we go back to really mm-hmm. old fights and we can kind of rescore them. I think you can go back to early UFC days and it's probably there. I couldn't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it, he's also known as the judging genius, self-proclaimed, going all the way back to the Edgar Penn number one, mm-hmm. where he got the fifty forty-five card for Frankie Edgar. Again, a fifty forty-five card that a lot of people didn't like that day. He me, up, I did not like it that day. No, you didn't, because you're a BJ Penn guy. BJ Penn guy. You've come to embrace so, very heavily uh, Jersey's finest, uh, South Jersey's yeah. finest fighter in uh, Frankie Edgar. But mm-hmm. 50-45 does not make sense. Uh, you, we we looked back at that. 50-45 doesn't make sense. It really just doesn't. It's kind of an indefensible car back then. Of course, he went on and defended. You know, he forgives us. He forgives us for, for you know, not understanding the way things are done. We're not judging geniuses. He did not go on social media this time. Smart. Smart move. Um, it's basically for reasons like the judging genius rant of old that we don't get the same level of accountability and uh explanations and guess no chael sonnen did post so he did not reference the he referenced the judge he did not mention the judge by name but he is alluding to a ufc judge uh that he is known to collaborate with at times no word on whether he got back to him in terms of what was happening there but what it comes down to is this, and I will not, I am not ever going to say a judge should be fired. This is not the way I operate. It's, that's not the way I do things. That's not my place. But I just don't understand how a card like this can be turned in. And then the next day, 24 hours later, across the country, he is working another event, another high profile event, and another high profile fight. And granted, he was on the Patty Pimlet fight, and we had he had a scorecard. We don't agree with, including that round one. But I see that as a much more defensible round than I do any of these three rounds from Bellator. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, if you if you watch the these two fights again, Doug Crosby is known for this body language where he's kind of sitting there and often like has his hand on his on his you know on his face. He's kind of leaning into it, like almost looks bored. It's a very weird posture. I I'm fascinated by the way judges often sit and they watch fights. You see a lot of them are kind of in action poses, right? They've got their hands, you know, on each side. They're kind of ready to move around in case there's a referee who walks mm-hmm. in the way, a cameraman, or if, you know, someone moves behind a post that they can't see as well. They're very ready to like move around. And that's never how I've seen Doug Crosby. He is almost always sitting there with his hand on his cheek, leaning into it. Almost looks bored to be there. It's a very weird posture. I always thought it was strange. I'm sure he's not bored, but it's the way it looked, right? And that's the way he looked when he's doing this Bellator fight on Friday night. Saturday, go watch him during any fight, including the Patty Pimlet fight. He is not sitting that way. Why? That is a very weird thing. I almost wonder if there was any sort of conversation like, listen, maybe maybe try to look a little more engaged. Now, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know that. I don't know that that occurred at all. But look, I see things. And I'll point it out. It's simple as that. I do want to point out one thing. When I was when I was uh, there live, it felt like the judges, the catwalk for Bellator seemed like extra wide, like the platform. Like they're a little farther for, away than maybe the, the UFC. Felt, that's is what, what it saying? felt like to me. I know the UFC, they also have a, you know, a similar thing, but it, it, it really felt like Bellator maybe a bit 
further away. I think we'll have to get the measuring tape out. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate a little, little bit here. I don't know. Maybe maybe he didn't have the best view of things. I don't. I, I know Bellator gets a smaller. They, they have a, a much smaller screen compared I, to UFC. I've also heard so, the the circle cage is not uh, especially popular with certain officials. Yeah, I mean, especially if you got to deal with one with a panel. Sure. Right, with, with a door. I mean, there's so, there's curvature there, so if, if you look at it at the wrong angle, you might see almost nothing. I, I would I'm just speculating here. I've never sat that close to the Bellator. I've I sat I sat in like second media row, so not quite as close as I've ever sat at a UFC event. Um, and I've also had the privilege of being able be able to stand right up close to a uh, a UFC panel and be able to see what like an advantage point of the ufc level judges right the ones who work ufc events mm-hmm. so i've never really experienced that from the bellator side i can't speak to it entirely so but i've i've just heard complaints about that i guess or, or critiques i guess I don't yeah know complaints but but the fact is i i don't know like you and i will sit there and say okay maybe it was a vantage point thing right we've, we've seen that a lot we will try to point that out like hey maybe that's a factor and look you can't deny it even in this case but this seems to be more fundamentally about what is being scored and how it's being scored. This really seems like okay, takedowns are just being weighted more heavily, Could and be. and and having you know body control that doesn't actually lead to anything effective toward ending the fight. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. That's but that's what I'm seeing. You know, my eyes are telling me right. what I'm seeing. I don't know. I, I could, don't could be I don't maybe, like it. Maybe he's weighing these positions as these are these are good positions. He got there. He's in those positions. He's that scores effectively. It seems to be out of whack but, with the way you're yeah, supposed to do it. Right. But we've been talking about this for years. We've talked to so I many know. officials. I know. I, know. I just... talked to a ton of officials. You talked to a ton I... of officials. <laughs> we took the training course in the summer. I know. I'm just saying. I just <laughs> I know I understand you're kind of playing devil's advocate here and, and I just don't know. I, I I'm right. not I'm not I'm not there with this fight. Okay. But I tell you what, it definitely doesn't make it look good for other judges to have the chance to work Friday night and Saturday night Bellator and UFC, which does happen occasionally. And I'm not saying other judges couldn't do it competently, but there this this is something that certainly sets the idea of being able to do that competently back. Yeah, I mean it cuz not that Bellator, he did worse Bell- the next day necessarily, no, but I mean he no, was—he's still coming off of a, a. Again, I think this card is indefensible. I think you cannot defend this card. It's it, the thing is—it's just a long day. Like sure, Bellator gets over at eleven, maybe eleven thirty. I don't think there's any flights that leave to Las Vegas after. You Dude, know. I was exhausted so, after the wedding. So and just prob- watching these fights the next day, I'm from my couch. So he's probably on the flight the the first flight next morning. Just a lot, a lot. Of, I don't know. I don't it's think. Just a long day. Yeah. So. It, it, it's not a good look, though. And I'm sure other judges could do it, but, man, it's a tough one. And I know, I my understanding is it's not always the most popular thing with the commissions, so. But it does still happen, evidently. <laughs> but as you said, we we do have more Bellator rounds that we could talk about. We're kind of just at one at a time in terms of prep, too. I think we've I think we put together a pretty good length of the show talking about some contested rounds here and talking about some of the issues that a lot of people were talking about throughout the weekend in terms of scoring in terms of judging you know if we didn't cover anything hey bring it to our attention maybe I, we can bring it up next week i just hope i'm no longer a disgrace in that one guy who didn't have a profile picture uh thinks i am so. i just want to know how to drop my crystal meth addiction <laughs> i don't i don't know how to do that if i haven't started it's, it's tough to quit something you've never done yeah so and we had Cody Merrow out there who works on the the incredible Anakin Florian podcast calling me out saying, oh, here it's popular in the suburbs. Couldn't rub it in enough after beating me in fantasy football, Cody. Oh, is that who we were chatting with? 
What's that? Offer he was he was he was suggesting five to seven judges. Yes, that yeah, was that's him. Cody. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I offered some stuff up there to that. No, I mean, so he, that was cool. he, yeah, you know, it's a good thought experiment, absolutely. But you know, he's a jerk for beating me in fantasy football, and I'm mad. So <laughs> it is what it is. I'm out of the playoffs. I didn't, now. I didn't even make the playoffs in any of my leagues. I'm going to I make can't. the playoffs in my other league, but but I, <laughs> dude, I still think I have like the be- one of the best, if not the best, teams in this league that oh, I'm okay. already out of in the quarterfinals. So I'm 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 a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. So. Get out of here, Cody. <laughs> anyway, that that is it for contested rounds. I mean, we don't have to do too much more. We're kind of just close out on our favorite finishes, which we tend to do, uh, typically do. And in t- UFC, I mean, there were ten finishes in a row to start the night. It was looking yeah. great until the judging, you know, controversies and 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 all the the hubbub kind of ruined that for just about everybody, I guess, in the conversation. So ten finishes, six by TKO, four by sub, two ended in the first round. Again, most of these were like third or second yeah, round situations. what have you done for me lately. Yeah, it always kind is. So. It always is. <laughs> um, and then at Bellator, there were five finishes, three TKO, two sub, and two also ended in the first round. Of these 15 finishes between two promotions in two nights, what was your favorite? I liked... Um... Patchy Mix getting the, the guillotine choke over Magomed Magomedov. Patchy's just a, a, a really fun grappler yeah, to watch. Like, it was awesome. See, he he has a you know, traditional guillotine grip, and Magomed defends it pretty well. And then he switches to like that John Jones versus Leo Machida type grip, and Magomed just goes to sleep. And but I, he doesn't drop him to so, the ground. But they, were already, a, they were already on the but ground. But he wouldn't have so. done it. I don't think he would have done it. <laughs> We watched that together. I thought it was. I, thought it was like, oh, Cold man. Cold blooded drops the gentleman Lyoto Machida to the ground. I think John's trying to catch him. <laughs> Poor Lyoto. <laughs> oh, what was yours? My favorite finish was uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Go back to that fight. Just the way he. It's not. It's not so much about the fact that it was a little bit of a comeback. It was. It was really more just. All of a sudden, he just completely shuts down Alex Morono's like body and his jaw. Yeah. His jaw is just like hanging there, and he like doesn't do anything. And all of a sudden, he just cra- He's he's cracked first off, and then he just puts him down completely with with another. It was an overhand right. I, I yeah, his mouth down, right? was stuck in a weird position. Yeah. The, the whole body was just shut down. It was it was an amazingly strange knockout. And I, I and the way Ponzinibbio was all jacked up afterward definitely mm-hmm. made it a lot more fun too. It was it was easy to get into that. I mean, he one, was right? jacked before. He was gonna fight Bruce Buffer. Well, he sure was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite an introduction. Uh, good on him. He had, he had some trouble getting back in the cage, getting back to health and everything. So it's nice to see someone be able to, mm-hmm. you know, find find their groove a little bit more. Granted, this again, this is the last minute fight. It was going to be Ponzinibbio against Robbie Lawler. Unfortunate we didn't get that fight. I think that would have been also fun, mm-hmm. but but nonetheless, we got this, and I think it was a good time. Yeah. So that's my favorite of the weekend. And that is it for the weekend. Real quick before we close or while we close out here, let's look to the final UFC of 2022. A little bit of a quieter card. It's kind of a, you know, out like a out like a lamb here in in the year. Granted, we're talking usually that's uh that's back in the spring, but this is I think it applies here. It's it's a little quieter, right? It's a little softer than, a, little than a big pay-per-view, right? Yeah, I don't know why they end on these fight nights. They should end the other way. Should end on a pay per view. They probably have like some kind of uh, some kind of thing with ESPN. They probably have a thing. Yeah, a thing with the guy in the place. But this is USC Vegas number sixty six. Ah, sixty six indeed. Sean Strickland, Jared Cannonier, key middleweight fight to figure out who can kind of maybe stay in the contention. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we've got a new champion, so if if uh, if Alex Pajeda is able to hold on to his belt uh, in what I assume is going to be another fight with. Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. One of these guys could potentially get the uh, get the title shot. So well, who knows? We'll see. Do you like this fight? Are you into this fight? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Okay, kind of curious to see how uh, 
both guys bounce back. I'll be honest, I'm not I'm not thinking this is gonna be a great fight. It has potential to be a not good fight yeah. at all. So, I, I feel like I'm maybe glass half empty um, on it. I could see it being fun and I could see a finish coming out of it, especially if it's a uh, Canadier. But yeah, I don't know. I, it, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it won't be another crazy judging situation. Although hey, if it is, we'll talk about it. Well, we'll be here. We will. It's in Nevada, so same Mm-hmm. Typically high level judges. Hopefully, maybe give Doug Crosby a break. He worked two times last weekend. Just, just give him a break. You know. Um, what else do you want to see? I uh, I think Jake Matthews and Matt Semmelsberg is going to be fireworks. Okay. So I'm kind of excited for that one. Semmelsberg is always fun. Yeah. Semi the Jedi. Yeah. I like Armin uh, Sarukian. Demiris Magulov. That's a fun one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I, I think Sarukian really. It's unfortunate he kind of didn't. Get the nod in the last fight, you know, that fight against Matush Gamrat. I, oh, another only scorecard <laughs> right here. And by the way, another wedding I was at. <laughs> What's with you in weddings? And, uh, <laughs> I go to two weddings this year. And they're both of these cards that everyone's talking about. It's just like, I should never go to weddings anymore. But as I, as, as I tweeted uh, last night, I think it's really incumbent on members of my family and extended family to look at the UFC calendar and try to plan around it. It's a, just do the right thing. They Don't should. get married on, on on football Sundays, UFC weekends, or fight weekends. As I as I tweeted, get married on a Thursday. As I tweeted, I got married on a Friday when there was no UFC card the whole weekend. Look at you. And then I went on my honeymoon. And I made sure to watch one of the greatest fights of all time, John Jones against Alexander Gustafson, number one. That was a great fight. From Costa Rica. Yeah. Same home country as uh, Eric Silva, who fought on this card. Mm-hmm. That was that was nice to see. Costa Rica, beautiful land. Uh, they had free UFC at the time. Free TV. I want to say I did see. That was great. I want to say I did see. UFC but the TV was like hyper channel. tiny, too. Like it had its own channel in Mexico when I was in Cancun. Okay. UFC had its own nice. channel. Was it called Fight Pets? No, I think it was called UFC. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um... Anything else? Drew, Do- Drew Dober and Bobby Green. I like that fight too. That should be fun. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. Um, Maybe we get another rounded. It's, it's, a de- it's a decent card. Like, it's not like we, we've had some rougher cards, but I don't know. I just feel like they should be ending on pay per views. Although, if <laughs> this is the way they sent everyone into the break, I feel like they probably lose part of their fan base. I mean, everyone was I, mad. I, there's guys on here I, I want to see. Sure. There's a bunch like, of them. I mean, Brian Battle. I'm always, always interested okay. in him. Or uh, you got Saeed Nurmagomedov sure. on here. Said Sa- I can't even say his name. Said Yokub. Yeah, Kakramanov. Oh, Julian Marquez is on it. The guy who dropped the ball, Miley Cyrus. Yes. So he did drop that ball <laughs> versus Duran. That wrecking ball, by the way. I wonder if they're gonna put DC on another Duran win uh, card. They never should. So he might not be announcing it tomorrow. We'll see. He or may do it anyway. I mean, it's possible. He may do it anyway. <laughs> they don't care what we think. <laughs> All right, that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We're back again Monday to break down this final card of the the, uh, the year. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, what was really again one of the most eventful events uh, or uh, episodes we've ever really had. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. <laughs>